Are auto auction and salvage companies preying on short tracks? We'll get into that today. Plus, High Limit adds another race and takes another shot at the outlaws. We'll have sprint cars after dark tonight and more. Let's go. It's Thursday, September 1st. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. So we talked yesterday on the show about the ongoing situation at Grandview Speedway, how the track has basically been sold, and now we're just waiting on township approvals to see if it will indeed cease to exist at some date in the foreseeable future. Through putting uh, yesterday's daily together, getting it posted, and the hours since then, I was not prepared to find out that auto auction and salvage companies have been targeting racetracks in recent years as opportunities for property takeovers. You've heard me say this before, and it continues to be true, but owning racetracks and promoting events is a very difficult business. But this was an interesting wrinkle I wasn't expecting. The proposed buyer of Grandview is Copart, which is an auto auction company that deals in used, wholesale, and repairable vehicles. It's based in Dallas, Texas, has locations all around the U.S. and also in several other countries, and is even listed on the NASDAQ as a public company. You may also recognize Copart from their support of various racing, including Carl Edwards' Nationwide Series ride in the back in the day. They sponsored Brandon Bernstein's NHRA Top Fuel Dragster and various other teams throughout the years. After I posted the Wednesday Daily, I started to have people message and email me about Copart's dealings around racetracks. And this whole thing kind of started to come together a little bit. Just 11 miles from where I sit at this exact moment is Copart's Concord, North Carolina location that used to be the site of Concord Speedway. The track was a paved half-mile trioval that closed abruptly in 2019 after hosting all sorts of racing beginning in 1982. The track was originally a dirt track when Henry Fur built it, but he decided to pave it in 1986. Now, the property is used to house, quote, clean title used cars to salvage title trucks for sale, unquote. And this is the fate that is coming up for Grandview up in Pennsylvania, and Copart doesn't appear to be done yet. Various news outlets in Arkansas are reporting that I-30 Speedway in Little Rock is set to meet the same end. I-30 is home to the annual Short Track Nationals for the ASCS National Tour and weekly IMCA racing, among other shows. But 2022 is likely its last season in operation. Neither Copart nor the facility owners have commented publicly, but at an August 16th meeting of the Little Rock Board of Directors, the zoning for the property was changed to, for, uh, to allow for, quote, the storage, sales, and open display of vehicles and machinery, unquote. The track has been in operation in its current location since 1959, and a real estate listing had the asking price set at $7.33 million. So that's three tracks we know of for sure at this moment. Other people uh, have also mentioned English Town Raceway Park, which hosted NHRA national events up in New Jersey. But that facility was actually taken over by another auction company, Insurance Auto Auctions. But obviously, the idea is still the same. Not Copart, but still the same thing. And besides the ones we know about, there are also rumors about places like I-96 in Michigan, I-80 in Nebraska, among others. And who knows if those are actually true or not, but the rumors persist. Companies like Copart need large pieces of land to house vehicles, and aging racetracks are easy picking from ownership, and they're easier to get rezoned for their needs. Existing infrastructure around these facilities already exists, so trucks can get in and out easily. And the tracks are usually located away from town, so you won't get as much of that NIMBY effect. And a lot of the land is already flat and cleared. 
And now before you go and start picketing Copart and sending letters to your congressman, uh, I've seen some of that already. Like, how do we stop Copart? Understand that this isn't necessarily a target attack on the racing community. Copart buying these racetracks is just a symptom of a much larger systemic problem that short track racing will continue to face in the coming years. Tracks are very low margin businesses, and they're oftentimes operated by older groups of people. And like was the case with Grandview, uh, the owner there being uh, in, in her 80s, you know, somebody said almost 90. Copart is an easy out for these owners. There's no protracted selling period. There's no trying to find the right operator for the track in the future. Copart writes a check, gets the facility rezoned, and it's done. A lot of these racetracks haven't been upgraded in years, so a new owner would have to come in and spend a significant amount of money to get them up to current standards. And on the backside, there's no guarantee that they'll make any of that money back anytime soon. And there are definitely some bright spots out there in short track racing. You know, uh, you look at guys like Terry Maddox, who took over the ASCS this year, and, and you know, Tony Stewart owning Eldora, you know, the, the Fairboard in Knoxville, Iowa, owning Knoxville Raceway. But I do think the community needs to work together to make sure that these facilities not only stay in existence, but also thrive. If not, you're going to see more opportunists like Copart and some of the real estate developers snatching up these tracks and turning them into other things. Draw me a comment. Let me know where your thoughts are on all of this. All right, let's move on to some other topics. The High Limit Sprint Car Series owned by Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet debuted just a couple of weeks ago at Lincoln Park Speedway. Uh, that was following the Knoxville Nationals. If you might remember, Buddy Kofoy took the $22,000 win over Justin Sanders and Corey Eliason. We thought we wouldn't see the series again until they went full-time in 2023, but as Lee Corso would say, not so fast. Yesterday, High Limit announced they will have another event this year with Wayne County Speedway in Ohio hosting a 22,000 win show on Tuesday, September 27th. And in yet another shot across the bow of the Ward of Outlaws Sprint Car Series, the event is in partnership with driver Sheldon Hoddenshield. It's being called the Sheldon Hoddenshield High Limit Buckeye Brawl, and Wayne County is his home racetrack. As was the case at Lincoln Park with series owner Brad Sweet, Sheldon will not drive in the event because of his platinum agreement with the Outlaws that restricts where he can race. Larson will participate with the Paul Silva-owned 57, and if the first race was any indication, this one should have another strong field. Uh, the race will fall after the four-crown weekend at Eldora and the Outlaws at Sharon, so the All-Star teams will be free to race, and I'm sure the Ohio contingent will show up in force to this as well. We're still waiting uh, on the full schedule for the series for 2023, uh, they will debut next year with a 12-race slate that includes higher-paying races and a points fund. Tickets for the event at Wayne County are on sale now, and you can find more details at HighLimitRacing.com. The plot thickens, friends. And speaking of the World of Outlaws, the West Coast Swing starts tonight at Skagit Speedway. We'll get sprint cars after dark here on the East Coast from today through Placerville on September 17th. The next two nights of the Skagit Nationals are 10,000 to win shows, with Saturday paying $25,000 to win. Brad Sweet enters the weekend with a 66-point lead over David Gravel with Carson Macedo another 30 points back in third. 20 race nights remain on the schedule, and those guys further down the order, like Sheldon Hanshield and Donnie Schatz, are more than likely out of contention for the title at this point. Gravel trails by 33 feature positions right now, effectively, with Macedo down to 48 positions. Last year, we had three different winners during this schedule weekend with Macedo, Sweet, and James McFadden all getting victories. Logan Schuhart picked up a pair of wins at the track in 2019. There were no outlaw shows there in 2020 because of COVID. McFadden leads all drivers in average finish uh, at 2.33 at Skagit, with shots, sweet Schuhart and gravel all being strong there in the past as well. We were in the mid-20s for car count at Skagit in 2021, and I guess we'll be something similar this weekend. You'll have the full-time uh, outlaw guys, plus local names like Trey Starks and Colby Thornhill. 
got guys coming up from California, names like Max Mitri and Joel Myers Jr. And then you'll have Young Guns Corey Day and Ryan Timms coming in as well. And yes, the series has confirmed that Timms rolled west. The DirtTracker.com analytics prediction formula favors shots over gravel and sweet tonight, but I'm going to go Macedo. He's been on the podium in seven of the last uh, eight outlaw races. That includes wins at Peavley, Jackson, and Red River Valley. And his only real uh, misstep over those eight races was the Knoxville Nationals where he finished 17th, but he did suffer a flat in that race. If you want to watch tonight, you can do that over on Dirt Vision. If you want some late model racing tonight, the rescheduled Herald and Review 100 is happening at Macon Speedway. $5,000 to win, and it leads into a busy late model weekend in the area with Farmer City on tap for Friday, Fairbury Racing Saturday, and Spoon River on Sunday. All of those three events are Mars-sanctioned races. And the next week, we'll obviously get into the Dream Makeup and World 100 at Eldora. Drivers expected to race tonight include Shannon Babb, Brian Shirley, Ryan Unzicker, Jason Fager, Miles Moose, and a lot of other of those kind of uh, Illinois locals. This event was originally part of the Summer Nationals, but was postponed because of weather. And last night at Georgetown Speedway, Matt Shepard got around Mike Guler for the lead on lap nine and survived a war of tire attrition to earn his seventh short track Super Series win of the year. Guler and Mike Mahaney joined Shepard on the podium. Two of the drivers uh, to have late issues with tires included Stuart Friesen and Ryan Godown, who were both top five runners. Friesen got back to fifth at the end with Godown in eighth. Godown led the points in the South region before the night's race, and he'll give up ground to Shepard with the Speed Showcase weekend next on the schedule for the region. The North Region and Elite Series for the Short Track Super Series are back this coming Sunday at Utica Rome. Uh, they will have a 25000 to win for the New Yorker. There are eight shows on today's streaming schedule. Like I said, Dervision has the World of Outlaws from Skagit. Speedsport has the Herald and Review 100 from Macon. And they've also got other regional action. There's also USRA Modifieds from Mississippi Thunder over on Racender. There's also Flow Racing 24-7. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, uh, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Thursday. Make sure to like, subscribe, and a comment uh, on these videos. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily. 